welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. I probably should tell you, am I too loud? Gosh, I sound really loud. Hello. Um, I probably should tell you a little bit about me, what I'm doing at a singles conference. Um, uh, my first husband and I um, went to Rama, became ministers, started two churches, traveled in ministry, had two sons. We actually got married and got pregnant on our honeymoon, had kids right away. I mean, craziness, traveled with two children. And when we were pastoring in Boise, Idaho, um, in 1997, we were both 37 years old. Our sons were 12 and 13 years old. He died. He went to bed on New Year's Day, 1997, and went to heaven. Hadn't been sick, just off he went. When I get there, I'm going to punch him. <laughs> because <laughs> I had to take over pastoring the church by myself, raising the teenage sons by myself, and I'm sorry, if you leave early, you're just going to get punched. But, you know, uh, that time in our life was hard, but, uh, you know, we pressed into God like never before and found out he's such a present help in times of trouble. And I bet every one of you have one of those stories, right? I mean, stuff happens to us that we didn't expect. Oh, and that reminds me. And so my first book was called Why God Why? What to Do When Life Doesn't Make Sense. Because it didn't make any sense to me that somebody 37 years old who hadn't been sick at all would just go to heaven. I had questions. And that's really what this book is about. You know, sometimes when things happen to us, we don't. We don't, we don't, we think we knew some stuff and now we don't know nothing, right? How in the world did this happen? And I think almost everybody has gone through something like that where they are just like, what in the world just happened? I thought I knew some stuff and now, <laughs> you know, like what about with long life will satisfy you? I hate that scripture. No, I shouldn't say that. It's in the Bible. I love it. But it's kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, sure, right? And so... I think that we can ask God all the tough questions because he has the answers. And I think if you don't ask him the tough questions, those are the questions that stand between you and him. You know what I mean? Like you're mad at him about it. So this book is really filled with what to do when something like that happens, but how not to make a camp in the valley of hurt, how to keep moving on. Does anybody know anybody who needs a book like this? Anybody? Anybody here? I'm going to throw it at you. Catch. Oh, there you go. There's more of those back there. Help yourself, okay? And I also wanted to let you know about a book called Closer Than You Ever Imagined, uh, Experiencing the Deep Relationship with God You Always Wanted. I actually wrote this, and it came out in 2020. Is that me making that crackly noise? Uh, and what am I doing wrong? It's too close to me? Down? Hello? Better? Okay, sorry. It's so distracting. Uh, anyway, um, so if, if you're ready to step closer to God and know him more than you ever have. Now, we don't want to say things like, Lord, I, I want more of you, because I'm telling you, when you got born again, you got all of him. There's no more of him to have. He gave you the whole load, right? But we, do, we can get closer to him, can't we? There's, we want to know him more. Is there anybody here who wants to get closer to God? Okay. There's more of those back there. Books are $15. You can get them. And as... Um, Michelle, Pastor Michelle mentioned, uh, I wrote a devotional. Uh, I only wrote half of these. My, my podcast co-host wrote the other half. You know? <laughs> and so 365 days of God's word. How many know we need to make a daily investment in God's word? And this can help you do that. And I packaged it together with the journal for it. And it's in this cute little bag. And who can resist that? Right? 
it's in a cute little bag. And so uh, in the bag, it's $25. You're getting the journal almost at, at half price, okay? Who, who wants to know? Who wants a daily? Okay, so you go in the back. Here we go. I'll run back here because if I throw it, I might hit somebody, and that would be bad. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. And there's lots more out there, okay? That's kind of on sale. How, how many like a sale? Yeah. All right, hallelujah. All right, tonight I want to talk to you. Now, everybody say, I feel peppy. It doesn't matter how long I work today. I'm paying attention. I know because it's getting kind of late and I'm supposed to only go till, hmm, yeah. And so I believe we're all here on purpose. God has what he has on his heart for us. We're all going to stay perky and, 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 and listen carefully and you're going to believe God with me that I get all this out, right? I have just so much to tell you. <laughs> and so I want to talk about you are in charge. How many know things happen to us in our life that we're not in charge of? And it's so easy to feel like a victim. It just, it's just like Pastor Michelle said. You, you feel like, how did I get here? I never expected my life to look like that. I'm sure that everyone in this room has said that probably more than once, right? Any of us who've lived longer than 15 minutes have said, I don't know how this, where am I, how, what in the world, right? And so it's easy to get a victim mentality. And we live in a culture that's victim mentality. This is somebody else's fault. Why doesn't the government help me? My parents didn't do this for me. Why? You know what I'm saying? And we lay down and go, <laughs> and I just say any sentence that starts or ends with <laughs> is bad. Because it means you're a victim, and, and I'm telling you what, you're not. You are in charge of so many things. You're not in charge of everything. And things do happen to you that catch you blindsided. Hello. Like, for instance, your 37-year-old husband dying and going to heaven without any warning. Things happen, right? But you are in charge of so much. And I'll tell you why. It's because of who you are. Let's look at the things of who you are. You are, oh, it doesn't go one at a time. Okay. I worked so hard on my, you know, technology, right? All right. This is who you are. First of all, you are seated in Christ. The Bible says so. You are loved unconditionally. Do you know how perfectly you are loved? That means no matter what you do, how many times you goof up, how stupid you've been, or how mean somebody's been to you, Almighty God loves you with an everlasting love, it says in Jeremiah everlasting. Oh, he's the only one who knows what everlasting really means. He's loved you with an everlasting love. You are totally righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Not because of you, not because you're so great, but because he's so great. Because of the price that was paid for you, the blood of Jesus. You are complete in him. How many know when you're single? You know, because I was single 17 years after my husband died. I am now remarried. Hallelujah. But let me also say this, okay? Sometimes being single is good. I'm not saying anything bad about being married because it's great, but I'm just saying when you're single, you get to make all the decisions for yourself. You get to do whatever you want to do. All the money is yours. I'm just saying, okay? Write a list of things you love about being single. I did while I was single, okay? 17 years, and then I got remarried. I've been remarried for nine years, my wonderful husband. And we and he lived in Minnesota. I moved up there where it was cold, and now we live in Tulsa again, and, and he's awesome. But you are complete 
because of who you are. Just like, man, we could leave after these two ladies' messages tonight and be blessed. So good. So good because it's, we know who we are in Christ. And you are complete in him. You are not a free radical, which is a cell roaming around looking for other cells to glom on to. You're not a free radical. You are complete, a complete and total human being in your singleness. And if you join to somebody else, that's two holes joining together. You know what I'm saying? You are complete in him. And you have all the power. Luke 10, 19 said, Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Everybody say, I have the power. See, it's hard to be a victim when you go around saying, I'm seated with Christ, I'm loved unconditionally, I'm totally righteous, I am complete, I have the power. See, that helps us, right? And you are more than a conqueror, not just a conqueror, but more than a conqueror. So these are the things who you are. You are not a victim. Let's see what the next one says. There are things you are in charge of, right? You are in charge because of who you are, because of who Christ is in you, because of where you are seated in heavenly places. How much time you spend in the word? Who's in charge of that? You are. Yeah, you are. And so that's where your faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And nobody but you decides how much time you spend in the word of God. You can decide, you know what? I am going to grow exceedingly in my faith. I'm going to start spending more and more time in the word. You know, go out and get my devotional if you need help doing that. Okay? And you are in charge of what you think about. You know what? There's nobody else in there in your little brain but you and sometimes the devil. (laughs) You know, the devil can't take possession of your spirit, but he can send thoughts to your mind. Brother Hagin used to say, he's my spiritual father, the one who started Rhema where I teach. And he used to say, you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. Thoughts will come to you, but you can take hold of them and take control of them. You are in charge of them. And you are also in charge of what you say. Right here. Power. Death and life. Power. Right? All right, what's the next one say? Yeah, Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world, which is a victim, which starts and ends so many sentences with. (laughs) Don't be conformed to that. If you hear yourself sounding like that, stop it and say, I'm not conformed to that. I am transformed by the renewing of my mind. I have a choice what I think on, right? By the renewing of my mind that I may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What's the next one say? You can choose what you think about. Man, I'm telling you what, you you know, you guys, when we get that uh, feeling, like everything's wrong and nothing is right, stop and ask yourself, what have I been thinking on? What have I been thinking on? And you can change it. Go to the word and start saying, this is who I am in Christ. This is what I'm going to do. This is what the Lord says about me. I'm going to agree with him. Second Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. All right. They are mighty. Everybody say mighty. Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments or imaginations, the King James says. 
casting. How many know the devil can take you down a road of imagination? And he's a liar. He, he paints you a picture of how it might end up being. Quit that. Don't go down those roads. You know, stay with God. Casting down every argument, imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity. Now, just think about that for a minute. To the obedience of Christ. It almost sounds impossible, doesn't it? What? I'm supposed to take hold of every wrong thought? Ain't nobody going to do it for you. You are in charge. Everybody say, I'm in charge. See, you can't be a victim and think I'm in charge. Right? You are in charge of your thoughts. You bring every thought captive. Now, God wouldn't tell us to do if it wasn't possible. It, we have to be aware of it. We have to stop and go, okay, I have this terrible feeling in my gut. What am I thinking about? And change it. And bring it into captivity. Say, Jesus, I need help. I need help to stop thinking on that and start thinking what you say about it. All right, next one. I love this in the message, so I wrote it out. It says, this is the same verse we just read in the King James about taking every thought captive. The world is unprincipled. Can I get a witness? Hello. It's dog-eat-dog dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. We don't live or fight our battles that way. We are not carnal. We are not worldly. We don't start and end sentences with, <laughs> right? We don't live or fight our battles that way. We never have and we never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demo demolishing the entire massively corrupt culture. Hello. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of a life shaped by Christ. Some of us need to write that one down. Isn't that good? And who's in charge of that? You are. You are so powerful, so much more powerful than you know. This is who you are. What's the next one say? Oh, interesting stronghold, right? So we're pulling down strongholds. The word, the word devil in the Greek is diablos, and its meaning actually is striking something over and over and over. That's what a stronghold is, a wrong recurring thought over and over, right? And so, and it comes from the devil, the devil, and we, even just talking about it tonight is going to hold you responsible for recognizing it, right? For knowing, oh my gosh, I have got to get my thoughts under control. I have got to start thinking what God says about me, and nobody's in charge of that except, yeah. See how powerful you are? You are in charge. What does the next one say? Plots to hold us hostage. Just keep smiling, everybody, and nobody else will know it's you, all right? I can't, or I can't take it anymore. Man, that sentence, I just want to eradicate that sentence from people's vocabulary because not only can you take it, but you can overcome it. You are more than a conqueror. The next time you hear yourself say or think, I just can't take it anymore. <laughs> Don't do it. That's not who you are. You are in charge, right? No one cares about me. I'm telling you what, the devil tells absolutely everyone that thought. No one cares. No one understands. I'm, you're the only one who's ever gone through this. <laughs> Liar. 
liar. God cares, right? Didn't we just read that you are unconditionally loved by the Most High God? Unconditionally, Almighty God loves you. Loves you. He cares about you. Or this is too hard. Or no matter how hard I try, nothing works for me. I can't get ahead. (laughs) I don't have enough. I never have enough. I'm never going to have enough. All those lies. Life is so unfair. It is. You know what? Life is unfair. Suck it up, buttercup. Because you're not facing life all alone. You're not facing. You know, we live on an earth with a curse. I didn't have to tell you that, right? The curse is you're, you've been redeemed, but the earth has not. Satan is the god of this world. And so the curse is at work every day, 24-7. So unfair stuff happens. It absolutely does. You're right. Life is so unfair. But what does it matter to you? Because you are perfectly loved. And you have all the power. And, all the th- and you're seated in heavenly places in Christ. Right? And you are in charge of what you think about and what you say and how much word you put in your heart. Whew! You can't lose for winning. Oh, or I'm broken. Right? Sometimes we go through stuff in life and you feel broken. And that kind of mentality is not going to get you where you want to go. It's not how God sees you. It's not who you are in Christ. It's not what Jesus bought and paid for you to be. Right? Let's have some more. We have some more hostage thoughts. I'm so tired. Just keep smiling. Nobody will know it's you, but I want you to eradicate this sentence from your life. You're in charge. You can do this, right? Just start saying, I got the greater one on the inside of me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Because you know what? If you sit in your car on the way home from work and you go and you sit in there and say, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired. Guess what you will start to feel? How is that going to help you? Not at all, right? Just keep smiling. Like I said, nobody will know it's you. We're just going to do away with these thoughts because this isn't who we are. And we are in charge of taking hold of those thoughts, right? And taking them captive to the obedience of Christ. How many want to obey Christ? This is not an option. This is a Christian's duty to take hold of those thoughts of I'm so tired or I'm unwanted. Nobody wants me. I can't. The devil beat me up with that one for 17 years in between losing one husband and getting remarried. Nobody wants you. Not, I shouldn't say 17 years, about 15, and then I got smart. <laughs> it only took 15 years, right? It, now that I'm telling you, it doesn't have to take you as long as me. I know you're way smarter than me. Just stop right now. Stop saying, nobody wants me. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It's not who God says you are. And it's up to you, you're in charge, to take hold of that thought and put it down. Fill your head with the other thoughts, right? Uh, whoops. I'm not good enough, and it's always going to be this way. The devil wants you to think it's always going to be this way. Have you ever noticed that? If you have a sickness, if you have lack, if you have any kind of trouble or trial, the devil wants you to think it's always going to be this way, so you'll get discouraged, and you'll quit, and you'll give up your faith. And he's a liar. There's really nothing that stays the same. We're all old enough to know nothing really ever stays the same, right? I mean, things move on. And so that is a lie from the pit of hell that it's always going to stay this way. And it's not faith-filled. 
it's not going to help you get up and go on and take hold and move forward and do what God's called you to do. I love what these ladies said. God is not done with you yet. If you are still breathing, you are still part of his plan for you on the planet, and he needs you. Do you know he's got a plan for your life, and he needs you in it more than you want to be in it? It's how he gets stuff done in the earth. He works through us, right? And if we're all sitting home going, I'm tired, I'm broken, I can't do it. We're missing the boat. We're missing what he's called us to do, right? All right, what's next? You can't think one way and believe another. It's one thing, yeah, I'm believing God for this, I'm believing God for that, but your thoughts are full of depression and oppression and the things the devil's trying to tell you, the lying things that we just went over. You can't do and believe God. Your believer is attached to your thinker. <laughs> In other words, if you're thinking wrong thoughts, your faith isn't working. Okay, next. Three steps to thinking right. These are supposed to come one at a time, but we're in a hurry, right? Okay. First, you got to recognize wrong thinking, right? And hearing a message like this helps you do that. All of a sudden, you can go, oh, wait a minute. I'm having that terrible feeling, that down feeling, that depressed, that feeling. I'm not sure how you spell that, but you know what I mean, right? We've all felt it. Stop and recognize, oh, wait a minute. I'm not thinking in line with God's word. I'm not thinking like God thinks about me. I'm thinking what the devil has told me. I'm believing a lie. I'm going to stop doing that because I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am seated in heavenly places. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, right? And so, and so you've got to recognize the wrong thoughts. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. We're on to him. I always used to say, if you spot him, you got him. Right? It's, it's when he sneaks up on you and you don't realize, oh, no, I've been entertaining devil thoughts all day. You've got to recognize them. And next, you've got to resist them. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he might flee from you. No, he will flee from you. You resist him in the name of Jesus. You say, no, devil, I am not taking that thought. I am not taking that thought that this sickness ends in death. I am not taking that thought that nobody wants me. I am not taking that thought that I'm too tired. I am not taking that thought that this is never going to change. Right? I am not. I resist you, devil, and you must flee from me. Right? And the third is replace wrong thoughts. Replace wrong thoughts with, of course, the word of God. Right? You have to start thinking about things the way God does. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3 really fast. I mean, I brought my Bible all the way up here. We might as well at least look at one of these, right? 3 verses 1 and 2 says, If then you were raised with Christ, how many of you were raised with Christ? Everybody raise their hand. He's seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay, if your hand isn't up, come up here afterwards and we'll get saved, okay? Hallelujah. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Now, when it says seek, really means think about them. Think about those things which are above. Stop being so absorbed in what's going on around you. I'm about to, don't forget what you're doing on the planet. You know, when you got born again, you became a new creature, and heaven became your home. 
You are technically an alien on this planet. You are something different than the regular people that live down here. You are a new creature, and your home is somewhere else. You're an ambassador to this planet. You're an alien. Look at your name and say, I knew it. <laughs> See, you're an alien on this planet. So let me ask you this. Why, when, when we water baptized you, why didn't we just hold you under longer and send you off to your new home? Because we raised you up in the newness of life to be Jesus' good news spreaders on the planet. He needs us here to get the harvest in. It's the reason we're here. We can't forget about that. Isn't it so easy to get involved in your everyday life and all the troubles? The devil loves to bring a bunch of troubles so that you're focused on them and you forget what the heck you're doing here which is to tell people the good news about Jesus. Because he's coming soon, and we're taking, we, he's taking the whole load. We might as well bring as many as we can with us, right? So we, we've got to do what the Bible says and seek those things above. Remember who you are, what you're doing here, and not be so absorbed in the things going on all around you. They're just troubles and trials. The Bible says count it all joy, Right? We get so absorbed in everyday life. It says, so seek those things above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Everybody say this. I will set my mind on things above, not on things on earth. See, that's how we replace wrong thoughts. We say what God says. I like to say it this way. Pretend your brain is a glass of orange juice, and the orange juice is wrong thoughts. And we can't tip your brain. We can't tip you over and pour out wrong thoughts. So how do we get the orange juice out of the glass? How do we get the wrong thoughts out of your mind? We take fresh water, a huge pitcher full of fresh water, the washing of the water of the word. And we pour, and we pour, and we pour, and we pour. And pretty soon, the, all the orange juice, it's overflowing, right, this thing, because you're pouring, and you're pouring. When you pour the word into your mind, pretty soon, all the wrong thoughts, there's not enough room for them anymore. But who's in charge of that? You're so in charge. See how powerful you are? So this is the way to think right, because when you think right, you act right, you live right, and you talk right, right? Now show, me, show me the next one. So this is how we set ourselves up to succeed. I, I'm talking about practical ways every day to put in more word than troubles, more word than feelings, more word than what the devil is telling you, okay? So first thing in the morning, get up. And, and put the word in your heart. Or the first thing when you wake up, think, Lord, your word is a light to my path and a lamp to my feet. I'm going to listen to you today. I praise you, Lord. Today is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's a new day, Amen. right? First thing, first thing that comes to your mind, put a God thought in your mind. And then while you're getting ready in the morning, have the word playing. Have a preacher playing. And, not, and worship music is good, but the word is what's going to put you over. Amen. You know what I mean? Have, you know, nowadays, we, we don't have any excuse for it because we got it on our phones. The Bible app will read the Bible out loud to you. You know what I'm saying? While you're getting ready in the morning, 
have the word going in. And then you get in your car. Oh, and have a daily meditation verse. You know, uh, get my, my devotional, Elevate the Day. And whatever that the verse is for that day or the verse that jumped out at you in your daily devotional, write it on a card or put it in your phone and let that be the verse you meditate on all day long, all day long, whatever jumps out at you, so that you're constantly thinking on the Word of God. Because who's in charge of that? You're so in charge. Look at you. All right. Pray in tongues. How many pray in tongues? Praying in tongues is so awesome. Oh, my gosh, the benefits of it are endless. Do it while, you know, I, I do it while I'm folding the laundry. So no matter where I'm folding laundry, I automatically pray in tongues because it's kind of a thing I've trained myself to do. Or while you're mowing the lawn or while you're driving the car or while you're doing the dishes. It's second nature. I laughed one time. I heard a preacher say, I, I taught myself to always pray in tongues when I'm brushing my teeth. And I was like, how does that work? <laughs> I guess you can't understand tongues anyway, right? So, you know, but you're, you formed a habit to where ain't no laundry folding going on without tongues, right? Something that you do every day. Pray in the spirit because there's so many benefits to it. Uh, Automobile University, that's what Zig Ziglar used to call. Listen to a CD or something in your car. Have somebody preaching to you in your car always because have, we, we spend a lot of time driving. We might as well have the word going in. Right. And also set up a time of prayer and keep it like you keep a dentist appointment or a hair appointment. How many ladies know you make a hair appointment? You are not missing that appointment because your hairstylist has no more appointments until the next month. So you move heaven and earth to keep that appointment. Right. We'll do that for doctors. We'll do that for pedicures. We'll do that for all sorts of things. How about we do that for prayer? Right. Also, and try a fast from TV. Try a fast from news. Don't get me started. I used to work in, I used to be a television news writer, and now that's why I don't watch it. Just take my word for it. All right, what's next? There's power in your words. So we've talked about thoughts because you're in charge of those. And especially when you're thinking the right thing, guess what? It's coming out your mouth. There is so much power in what you say so much power in what you say, and who's in charge of that? You are, right? Hebrews 11.3 says, it is by faith that we understand that the universe was created by God's word or words, so that what can be seen was made out of what cannot be seen. We cannot see your words, right? And, and this is how God did it. So ask yourself, what can't be seen in my life today that you want to be seen in your life today? Start saying what you want. How many know if something's missing in our life or can't be seen in our life today, mostly we talk about how we can't see it. You know, maybe healing cannot be seen in your life today. So somebody says, how are you? Well, the doctor says this, and the symptoms say this, and Google says this, and WebMD says this. We research our sickness, and we know all about our sickness, and we know about all the drugs that have to do with our sickness and we be not healed, <laughs> right? Start talking what God says about your healing. Let your words go forth and bring to pass what you want them to. Uh, let's, what's the next one say? God created the world with words, okay? And he's already given us everything we need to live a life of victory. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has already, that's my word, blessed us with every spiritual blessing 
in heavenly places. When we ask God for things, we're not asking him for something, to invent something to give us. We're not asking him for something that he doesn't want us to have. It's something that Jesus already paid for. And, and in 2 Peter 1, 3 says, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We already have all these blessings that we're looking for in our life. So we need to start saying them. Show me the next screen. That's how th we get into this. We have it because we already have it, but we think, well, I don't see it, right? Maybe you're believing for more money. Maybe you're believing for healing. Maybe you're believing for a relationship, whether it's with your family or you want a spouse or whatever, and we don't see that yet. If, if we said God already gave it to us, why don't I see it? Because it comes by faith, and faith without works is dead. Faith without corresponding action. In other words, acting like the word is true. And the best way I know to act like the word is true is by what you say. And say, and say, and say. All right? Faith is voice activated. And who's in charge of that? You are. Look how in charge you are. You are so powerful. You are not a victim of your circumstances. You can start saying today what God says about you. Look at the next one. See, this is the precedent, all right? In Genesis chapter 1, you all know how the world became into being, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said into the darkness, let there be light. And there was. Now, it's easy for us to read that and go, yeah, well, he's God, you know. He can just make light out of darkness. But what he's saying is, I'm giving you this power in your words, and some of us are using our power against ourselves. Right? Even the things that we talked about, our thoughts, the things like, I'm broken, I'm not enough, it's never going to change, I feel tired, I feel this, right? Those words are getting you more of that. God is saying, use your power for good. Okay, let's keep going. Let's look at scripture that pertains to us. See, notice that nothing happened when the, you know, the earth was without form and void. Nothing happened until words were spoken. Nothing happened until words were spoken. Think about that. What's not happening in your life that needs some words spoken over it, according to God's word? In the midst of darkness and nothingness, he called for something that didn't exist yet. Romans 4.17 says, call those things that be not as though they were. The world is calling what bees as though it were. We're going downhill. Everything's terrible. We're going, you know, it's, the economy is tanking. Nobody has enough. Everything's going bad. Politicians are ruining us. You know, all these kinds of things. And so what do we get more of? <laughs> more of that. How's that been working for us? Right? God says, call those things that be not, like he did with Abraham. Abraham be not the father of many nations, and he started calling him a father of many nations before he was one. Start calling for what you want. What could you set in motion by saying? I'm believing that the God is dawning things on your spirit even now, the things you can start saying, that you could set in motion over your life, things that God says about you. What, do you, what could you call for that doesn't exist yet? Light didn't exist yet, so God called for it. 
We have to use our words first to tell others about Jesus and then in our own lives. Let me see the next one. Use the power in your words. Ask yourself, have my words been agreeing with God's word? Say you have a sickness in your body, a disease, whatever. It's so easy to talk about the sickness, talk about the disease, talk about how you feel about it, talk about what the doctor says about it, talk about somebody you know who had it, all that. What does the Bible say about it? Jesus himself took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses, and by his stripes you are healed. So what have we been saying? Say what God says about your situation. Resist the devil. Say, oh, no, 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 devil. <laughs> I don't want to talk about, about the sickness. I want to talk about the healing covenant. I don't want to talk about the fear of the future. I want to talk about God's good plan for me and his divine destiny for my life. I don't want to talk about what's happening in my family and everybody's falling apart. I want to talk about what God says about them. Right? And, you know, that, that takes time in the word, doesn't it? When, when trouble is all around you, it's easy to, to agree with the trouble. You've got to put it aside. You've got to take hold of your thoughts, and you've got to get into the word of God and say what God says. Mark 11, what, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life. Hey, hey. Everybody go like this. Right there. Death and life. In your life. You know how sometimes when things are all going wrong, oh, would you pray for me, pray for me, sister? Well, that's sort of a desperate thing, meaning you better help me because I can't do this myself. You are in charge. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. It's fine to get somebody to pray and agree with you. The Bible says, two of us agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, which shall be done for us by our Father which is in heaven. Agreement is a great thing. But not a death. I don't pray with people who are going, please pray for me. Because what they're saying is, I ain't got no faith at all here. I don't know what I'm in charge of. I, I don't know anything. So I'm not going to pray the prayer of agreement with them because I'm in faith and they're not. You know what I mean? Instead, I got to get them into faith. I got to show them what the Bible says who they are. I got to show them they're in charge. Right? Because so many things feel outside of, 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 uh, of our capability, right? You're in charge of so very much. Mark eleven twenty three talks about the mountain. You can say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. You will have whatever you say. You will have whatever you say. That's amazing. That's amazing. But your faith can't work without this because you will always say what's going on in your head. When you believe a circumstance more than the word, you will say it. That's why we decide how much time we spend in the word. We get into the word. We change our thoughts to agree with God's thoughts. And then we activate our faith by saying what God says. Right? And, call, and then Romans 4.17, call those things that be not as though they were. I used to use this on my kids, you know. They be not very tidy. I have boys, right? So they be not very tidy. And I, 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 God arrested me one day because I was saying, oh, my gosh, you guys are so messy. I told you to go in and clean that room, and it doesn't look any better. How many know kids don't care if the room looks better? They just want to be done so they can go play. So they shove everything under the bed, right? And then mom goes in, oh, my gosh, you're so messy, blah, blah, blah. And the Lord said, listen to what you're saying. How's that been working for you? I was like, ooh. He said, start calling them. What be's not as though it were, start calling them tidy. 
you guys are just getting tidier every day. And, and there's absolutely no evidence of this yet. You know what I'm saying? Call it before you see it. That's faith, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen, like light wasn't seen yet in the dark, right? Faith believes what God says no matter what you see. Faith believes in tidy even when what you see is messy. Faith believes in healing even what you feel is sickness. See what I'm saying? And God says, believe what I said more than what is going on around you. And then say it, say it, say it, say it. Do you have to walk around your house all day? By his stripes, I am healed. 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 By his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I am healed. See, didn't you already feel better just knowing that? Well, you got to say it. Because you're in charge of that. And then not say, <laughs> when somebody says, how you feeling? Well, the doctor says this, and I'm feeling pretty much like this, and I also know somebody else who has the disease, and they're feeling like this too. You know what I mean? Again, just keep smiling. Nobody will know, right? But from now on, we're going to guard our thoughts, and we're going to guard our mouth, because the power is in our words. What's the next one say? Okay, done. See, this is how I know I'm done. Um, I didn't look at my notes once. I'm sure there's things that I wanted to tell you, but I wanted to get through this because we're wearing down on time. Um, and tomorrow, I want to talk to you about releasing some of the things that God has put in your heart because God's not done with you yet. God, this I believe this conference is all about the new day. This is about some of the, maybe, I don't even want to say new. Some of this stuff has been brewing inside of you for a while, but other things have come along. Life has come along and maybe tamped you down, you know, it's stolen from you and made you want to give up or made you not just think, yeah, you know, I'm on the downhill slide to life. I don't have to do anything. You know, that kind of thing. Tomorrow we're going to blast all that out of the water and we're going to be what God called us to be. We're going to dream what God called us to dream. We're going to we're going to expand ourselves. <laughs> and I know sometimes you hear things like that and you're like I'm I'm too old for that, Karen. I'm <laughs> I'm tired. I don't I don't I don't really care about those kind of things, but I'm telling you tomorrow you will care. And if you're having that thought, can I just mention that's a wrong thought? <laughs> right? <laughs> The right thought is, I'm still alive and breathing on the planet, so God has stuff for me to do. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Music